This is Aaron Golub, host of the Blind Ambition Podcast. We'll be bringing you world-class leaders, entrepreneurs, and athletes, people who have overcome obstacles and used their ambition to create enormous success in their lives. If you enjoy this podcast, if you get anything out of it, the only thing I'll ever ask is that you subscribe, rate, and review. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, to another week of Blind Ambition. Today, I'm joined by AJ Vaynerchuk. AJ, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Aaron, thanks so much for having me. Of course. You know, I really wanted to dive in, into and learn about your journey, you know, as an entrepreneur in the sports world. You know, what really led you to where you are today? I guess I'll start, you know, growing up. Did yeah. you know that you wanted to do something different than other people? Did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I did. I think um, and I knew it at a really young age. I think that um, I was very, very, very lucky to have two role models right in my own home. My father is an entrepreneur. My older brother, who's 11 years older than me, uh, he's an entrepreneur. And so, you know, just having the, the passenger seat to two entrepreneurial journeys, you know, they were different types of entrepreneurs, which I think is beneficial to me. I was able to see kind of like two sides of entrepreneurship and you know, my father had his journey. My brother had his journey. They had their strengths that I could learn from. And I think something that was really cool and lucky for me too, was that I, I naturally had a brain for business, um, on a surface level because, um, numbers came really easy to me. And so because I could understand numbers easily, I didn't have a difficult time following a lot of the discussion that my brother and my father would have, um, because, those early days, it was centered around a retail business. Um, my father started a, a wine store in New Jersey, and then my brother came in and helped take it online nationally. And so they had an in-store retail and an e-commerce business. And, you know, at age 10, I had no problem understanding, you know, profit margins and sales numbers and, you know, how a business operates in a retail landscape. And so that business conversation dominated the dinner table, and I was able to keep up, and I found it interesting. And it was obviously massively influential in my career moving forward. Given that your father and brother, had, you know, were such successful entrepreneurs when you were really little, yeah, did that more allow you to grow and learn from them, or did you ever feel that you know you had to try and live up to what they did, and you know it might have been hard for you, you know, because they were the spotlight? Yeah, I think I think it was both. Um, something that I came to the conclusion to very early was I was probably like 16 or 17. I was like, you know what? I'm never going to go into the family business. And that's mm -hmm. kind of a wild conclusion to come to in, you know, as a junior in high school or whatever it was. And it's just like, I looked at the family business and I was like, man, I don't think there's enough room for the two of them, let alone the three of us. And, um, you know, and I think ultimately that ended up coming true, right? My brother, branched out and took on more, you know, entrepreneurial journeys. My father stayed the course with his wine business that he started from scratch. And so, you know, it was interesting because their success and their talent was definitely a, a net positive, no question. Yeah. But there definitely was a little bit of this anxiety and this stress and this pressure to A, live up to those expectations and B, not have a clear path because I knew that I did not want to join the family business. I didn't care about the world of wine and liquor. I didn't think there was room for me uh, with the two of them. I wasn't particularly gravitating towards uh, the world of retail. And so um, that was kind of an interesting thing to come to terms with. And, you know, something I, I focused on for the, you know, the rest of my college and high school time. 
And then what drove you to what you are doing, you know, with, with Vayner sports and, and everything you have going on, what said, you know, I want to go in this direction, you know, like I'm a, uh, I'm a former athlete at a pretty high level, but I didn't start a sports business. You know, what, what drove you to that? Um, it, it starts at a young age. I think, um, I already talked about my passion for business and my, my fortunate ability to kind of comprehend business at an early age and have, uh, role models in front of me. The other piece that I had was I was a diehard sports fan. Um, and a lot of that was, was from my brother again, being 11 years older and, you know, grew up a diehard Jets fan, a diehard Knicks fan. Those were my two teams, football and basketball, my two favorite sports, baseball a little bit as well. And, um, I just love sports and particularly the team side. Like I am as hardcore of a Jets and Knicks fan as you'll find. And when you get to that level of fandom, and I think if you have an appetite for, for business, you start going beyond what happens on Sundays and you start looking into the NFL draft and free agency and things of that nature. And so I was always somebody that cared about that kind of stuff. I mean, Gary and I went to the NFL draft like five or six years in a row in the two thousands. Um, I, when I played Madden, for example, I spent way more time in franchise mode than I did actually playing the game itself. And so um, I was always interested in the business side of sports. And I think after starting VaynerMedia, what is now VaynerX with Gary back in 09 and leaving in 2016, when I stepped away and, and thought about what I wanted to do next, I saw Vayner Sports as that opportunity to blend my two biggest passions of sports and business together and get into athlete representation. So what was it like stepping away from VaynerMedia or VaynerX and saying, you know, I want to take a different path. I want to do something else on my own. You know, you could have easily stayed in there and said, you know, I have a high position here. I'm yeah. doing well. Yeah. I want to continue this. What, what made you say I want to branch out and how, how was, how did that feel? Was it scary? What, what were the emotions that circled around that? It was all the emotions in one. Um, you know, it was scary to leave something that was so comfortable. You know, we had so much success building that business and it's still, thrives today and Gary's still the CEO there. Um, and then, it, you know, letting down my brother, you know, I'm his business partner and, and kind of feeling as if I was abandoning him and something that, you know, was a lot of work and there was a lot going on. Um, you know, there, there was so many feelings. It was definitely hard. Um, it's not something that happened overnight. You know, I thought about it for like probably a year. And then when I told Gary, I wanted to leave, I told him that I didn't need to leave right away. And I essentially offboarded over the course of the following year. Like it was, it was a process. Um, you know, I had, I had some of my best friends that worked for me and, and started with the company when Gary and I started the company and it felt weird leaving them uh, behind, so to speak. And so it was a lot, but I knew I had to do it for myself. Um, I've talked about it before. I, uh, I suffer from a condition called Crohn's disease and the single worst thing that a Crohn's disease patient can deal with is stress. Oh. And the, the business that we were building, the environment that we were in, the growth that we were having, it was impossible to avoid that type of stress. And so I felt like I needed to do it for my, my mental and physical well-being. Took some time off, much needed time yeah. off and, and got to the sports side. So going to that a little though, you know, your, your battle, your struggle with Crohn's disease, has that kind of fueled you to say, you know, not only do I want to build something that I love, but I just, I want to enjoy every day, every second yeah. of it, you know, yeah. and things like that. I loved, I loved building VaynerX with Gary. Um, I loved the benefits that came with it. I loved working with a lot of people that I loved and respected. Um, 
I just wasn't passionate about the industry. I didn't, I didn't strive to find more time to read ad age and see what brands were doing in the world of advertising. I didn't care what other agencies were doing. Conversely, like I love what I do for a living now. And I, I genuinely enjoy every bit of the process. I seek out to learn the game more every day. And so, um, I, uh, yeah, it, it's very much yeah. what drove it. I think, I think my Crohn's disease is both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the curse side's obvious. Yeah. Uh, the blessing though, is I think by getting diagnosed with Crohn's at age 19, it really forced my mind to think at, at a higher level, at a more mature level, um, with a bigger yeah. and deeper perspective. And so, and, um, I like to think that ultimately it's benefited me. No, I love that. And I always say this when I do speaking engagements, you know, I'm so thankful and so blessed that I was born legally blind because it allowed me to meet incredible people and do some amazing things that if I wasn't legally blind would never have happened. And I I just, I see that same kind of thing with you where, you know, obviously there are some setbacks and there are some things that you have to work around, but I mean, at the end of the day, like if I could go back and change it and and have full vision, I would not do that. I'd live how I've lived. Awesome, man. I love that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm very fortunate. My my case of Crohn's is right in the middle. Um, it's not mm. the lightest. It's not the most severe. You know, I've had intestinal surgery. I've been to the ER. So it's not a walk in the park. But compared to a lot of other things, um, I, I kind of feel the same way. I don't think I would change a thing either. Yeah. What, what are your goals for the future? What are you trying to accomplish, whether it be business-wise, you know, relationship-wise, just growing a life of happiness? Yeah, I think... Um, I think something that has always been goal number one and I continue to push on it and I'm particularly interested to see how it looks once the thing, you know, the world normalizes a bit post pandemic is that work life balance. And I think not the cliche way of like, not saying I want to work 40 hours a week, but I think it's an art to understand how to run a successful business in my industry. Yeah. Um, be a great husband, be a great father. I've got three kids under three and a half. Um, and I love the idea of challenging cliches and, and societal norms. Like I can work my ass off. I could, I could, but I could also spend time with my family in a manner that most people can't too. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Do I day trip? Nashville, I've gone to Nashville, Tennessee for a meeting and literally turned right back around and got home like in the same like 13 hour block. I literally flew down, took a, an Uber 30 minutes, had an hour and a half meeting, took an Uber back to the airport, was back before yeah. that time. Like, yeah, that's part of my job. But then like I get to take my son swimming Thursday mornings. That would never happen with like a corporate job. And so um, that is my focus and my ultimate goal. And yeah. it's obviously been altered in the pandemic. Um, and it, I'm just curious to see what that new normal is going to be. It's going to be some sort of blend of how it was and how it is now. And yeah. I'm excited to try to tackle that. No, it's so interesting. And, and I love that because, you know, I'm at an age where, you know, I don't have you know kids or family like that yet. So I can you know really dive into everything I'm doing and work a ton and, and really support the rest of my relationships around that. But one of the things I've really learned from, you know, some of the mentors that I have, whether it's be people I've had on this podcast or, you know, other areas of my life, but 
know, when I get to that age and in that time, when I do have kids and, and a family of my own, you know, I'm going to time block my time around my family. I'm going to time block my family time in first and then time block my business time because that's just, it's the most important way. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, I think, you know, the growth of video conferencing platforms like Zoom and Google Meet and Microsoft Teams, I think is going to create, um, you know, has created a new normal. I think yeah. obviously humans like the interaction engagement. I plan to go spend a day or two a week in New York City again once things get back to normal, but it'll never be the same. And I'm, I'm excited oh, 100%. to see what it looks like. It's made it, I mean, for me personally, it's made it so much easier to do speaking engagements. Like just sure. do so many more, so much easier. But, you know, what advice do you have for someone maybe who's you know starting a business or, you know, struggling to find the right place for themselves? Um, you know, I think it's a lot of things. I think one, um, having perspective is important. I think perspective is an incredible skill to, to work on and to grow and you know, I think if you're, you're struggling in your early twenties or you're struggling in your early thirties, you're struggling at any time in your life. Like you, you have more time than you realize a lot of the stress that you're feeling is probably self-inflicted and, um, keep chipping away. I mean, you know, I just read it actually right before this article, and this is an extreme example, but I think it gives perspective and gives optimism to those that maybe struggles like, Jeff Bezos in his 20s was, was struggling, was broke, lived in his parents' basement, and now he's considered one of the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. I think he's the richest person in the world. So, you know, that's obviously extreme and not the most practical and not the most helpful, but yeah. think back to, you know, some of the most successful people in the world, like you, in the advent of social media and, you know, headline reading and only seeing the best stuff on Instagram and Twitter, it's like, people don't see everybody else's downs and they think they're the only one having a down. And so I think just taking a step back and having perspective is, is extremely important. And then from a more practical, like executional and tactical perspective, I personally um, believe that ideas are a dime a dozen. I said this to somebody yesterday, ideas are a dime a dozen. There's plenty of good ideas out there. It's all about execution. And so if you have an idea that's kind of like, standard not the most innovative or disruptive thing in the world like you just got to execute like crazy now if you can come up with an idea that's actually disruptive those are the ideas i like to invest in those are like the ideas i like to dive into and so you either need to focus on innovation slash disruption or execution i don't think there's a way to be successful without one of those two buckets yeah 100 percent. i love that you know i think my audience is going to get a lot of value from this i i really appreciate you coming on and, and yeah. thank you so much yeah, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it as well, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it at all, if you got one thing out of it, we'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you.